Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And this podcast, Dr. Me First, is exactly what it states it is. We are doctoring ourselves first, or at least learning how to do that. And I am so excited that you're here with me today as I talk with another guest, Dr. Melinda Tony, about chrysalis. That's right, caterpillar to butterfly stuff. I'm so excited to share this conversation, what Dr. Tony is doing in the world, the sage knowledge that she brings to us, and also to hear her story. All right, well, let's get into the conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Melinda Tony. Girl, it's so great to have you here with me on Dr. Me First. It's wonderful to be with you, badass Dr. Aaron. That's right. This is the only place where the badass women doctors hang out together. I'm so excited that we met at Physicians Helping Physicians Conference in July that was hosted by the fabulous Dr. Michelle Mug Riley. And since then, we've had additional conversation. And I know a little bit about you through looking at your website and talking to you, but tell the listeners out there in podcasting world all about your fabulous self and what you are doing in the world. Yes. So I am a trained family physician. And in the 80s, the word holistic was a dirty word in Pennsylvania, where I started my practice. And so I had to kind of do it undercover, (laughs) seeing my patients as a whole, whole people, whole human beings. And I continued to take this interest in people for 30 years as a family physician. But at first, I really thought that I would be an amazing doctor simply by offering the tools that I was taught at medical school in Emory University in Atlanta, where I did both my pre-med and my medical school degree. I was taught that if I would offer my conventional medicine tools with a lot of compassion, a lot of love and hand-holding, that I would really serve my patients well. That was good for about the first seven years. And I found that in order to really empower my patients, that I had to look outside of the box. And so I did just that. And I found integrative medicine. I just made wonderful connections with other healing professionals. And I learned homeopathy anthroposophic medicine, which is actually the only true system, whole system of medicine in the West that I know of. Of course, you and I know that our current medical system is really not a whole system of medicine, because a true system of medicine is based on a central understanding 
of creation and where the human being fits into the rest of creation. And then all the other modalities are built upon that. But I'm sorry to say that our current medical system is mainly based, it appears, on finances, <laughs> the economic system, which, of course, does not fully align itself with health. So back to my story. I entered medicine because I really wanted to make meaningful connections with people that I engaged with. And in medical school, I found very quickly that the patient who I wanted to serve wasn't really the center of attention. It was more the silver bullets that the medications or the surgeries or the super doctor that was the center. And forget about the silver bullet in each person. So I was in solo private practice for nearly 30 years. However, in 2003, when I started to learn the other tools of medicine and healing, which actually empowered and supported people's life force, their healing force, then I started to offer as a side dish in my holistic family practice, a practice I called chrysalis services. So my word for today, Dr. Aaron, is chrysalis, C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S, which is a process from the cocoon to the butterfly. And the reason I chose that was because I noticed with great intrigue that there were some patients early on in my practice who actually blossomed after they found out their diagnosis. Well, how in the world does that happen? Because in our field, usually diagnosis is very close to a death sentence or at least on the way to the end. But what I saw in these very fascinating patients was that actually it activated being diagnosed and told that they had such and such, it activated something inside of them. And they then became motivated to care for themselves in a different way. And more importantly, they saw themselves differently. And there started the transformation in them. And so they came out the other end much more healthy and much more robust and much more themselves, their authentic selves, at the end of the process. So I started to see that our problems, our medical issues, our life issues, our crises in life are actually life's way of inviting us into transformation and into embracing a much more amazing, much more dynamic and interesting life. So I have offered these chrysalis services using the tools of homeopathy, functional medicine, you know, lifestyle changes, mm -hmm. good nutrition, etc. And now the most recent tool that I am starting to offer is transformational breath. Because I find that 
when we are really, really interested in getting to the root of the issue of the people we serve, it's not really as much about something from outside that you introduce to the person. It's something that is really in the person that needs to be awakened. We and that's the whole premise of coaching, too. Yeah. I don't have the answers. You have the answers within you that I get to be sure. here. I love that. Hey, yes. Team Wiseman, we love chrysalises. So as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about my own children and our own experience of yes. watching that, but also being the caterpillar and butterfly yes. multiple times in our lives over yes. and over again. For That's sure. the cool thing. Yes, life is certainly a series of chrysalises. Yeah, and who who forgot to tell us that? You know, it was like you're supposed to grow up and be a grown-ass girl adult, and then it would just have figured it out. But really, you're right. It's the in and out, the yes. in the cocoon, that like melting down to your primordial ooze and then reorganizing again and coming out as a new creation. Yes. It, it happens over and over and over and over again. Yes. And I love that you use this analogy because really it's not a painless process. Like there, there has to yeah. be that as a part of the human experience. And that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong when it That's happens. That's right. Yes. And certainly you and I who have gone through many phases of the medical track shift um, yeah yeah the railroad tracks of medicine <laughs> yes yes we certainly do know that when the going gets rough most likely something amazing is about to happen and we have a lot of choice about that i agree yes. i talk about this a lot on the podcast it's like and listening to those vibes that those pings of pain because at first, if you feel it, it's like that feather touch of like, hmm, what's happening? Or if you're like me, you wait for the two boy spore up against the back <laughs> of your head being like, move, let's go. Bring it on as much pain as you can tolerate <laughs> to get you shifting and transforming. Yeah. And, you know, and transformation, like you're talking about it from the patient's perspective, it can be really scary because you don't know what's on the other side. That's right. So there are two things I, I'd like to just bring to our attention. One is that I have seen chrysalises even at the very last part of life. I 100% agree with yes. that. You Certainly. know, like doing yeah. both being family med doctors, you know, I think I used to tell um, my hospice and palliative care patients, there's not a lot of curing, but there is a lot of healing in yes. this space. Yes. Very dynamic and exciting golden time. Those last few months, days, hours before the big transition and transformation. Part of my experience is that I was medical director of a home health hospice for 12 years. And what brought me into that was my training with Dr. Kubler-Ross as one of her facilitators. So that really hosted me into the wonder and the richness of this last phase of life. 
And another thing I wanted to just at least acknowledge is that during this pandemic, we certainly are collectively experiencing this cocoon, nutritive soup when all the former ways that we were formed, where all the eyes and the legs of the caterpillar become just mush, this nutritive soup. And for many of us, with so many of the losses that, uh, be it losing a loved one, or losing a job, or losing the things we used to enjoy in, you know, as a group, or just even the way we used to go to shop, or everything is just falling apart. And it's very easy to get sucked into our fear, which is, of course, part of our survival mode, right? So it is important to have a healthy amount of awareness of fear so we survive. But I think that also this situation is also really bringing us face to face with who we are and what we are truly here for. And when we connect with that, which, by the way, is very connected to our healing life force within. When we connect with that, then there is great hope for a collective transformation. But each of us, of course, has to show up in the best form, in the best expression of our authentic selves. I agree. When all of it started, I think we all kind of got sat back on our asses and really asked ourselves, what is most important? And just recently, uh, because I'm a coach, I believe in the coaching sauce. So I get coached as well. And I was on a coaching call. And the, the question was, imagine this was your last 24 hours on this earth. What would you spend your time doing? Would you spend your time at work? Would you spend your time at call? Would you spend your time scrolling social media? Like, what would you be doing? And that question brought me to tears mm -hmm. because it really emphasized, like, what in my heart, deep down, my answers were, I would squeeze my kids, my husbands, and everyone that I love. I would visit the ocean, and I would have my favorite food in my last 24 hours. And, and I just sat there a little bit teary, weepy-eyed, and thought, why am I not doing that more now? And I think that's what this, what we're going through in the world today is having gotten the whole too busy, overwhelmed, crazy culture that embraces that and not having any breaks on it. We've all got sat back and been like, whoa, yeah, it's time. And I'm seeing so many physicians coming to me and being like, it's time, Erin. I've been listening to the podcast. I've been following you for years. I'm ready to make that transformation. It's kind of like the caterpillar who keeps running away and running away. And like now it's like it's time to make your cocoon and, and to go into the chrysalis form so that you can transform. Because, yes, all of us need to focus on and they called it the last 24 that was the title of the question. Like, we need to focus on our last 24 and make sure that's in the center of what we're doing and everything else is secondary. For sure. You know, it was really paradoxical 
that although I coached people, serve people to help them connect with a healthy life and a healthy self, I noticed that I, towards the end, I really was getting burned out. And I was the last to figure that out. <laughs> and I think that is the way it is with most of us caregivers who are so, you know, much into giving and worrying about everybody else before us. And so I realized that I had created this world of a wonderful service, and I had great fun in my work. I, I really was probably the, the happiest physician in town whenever I would go to the um, meetings in the hospital. I was the only physician really smiling and hugging my colleagues. But even in spite of that, I didn't realize that I wasn't taking care of myself. So I needed to just extricate myself from the world I had created for myself in order then to tend to the more life-giving activities and life-giving mm -hmm. priorities. So I totally... Just like the name of this podcast, Dr. Me First. Yes. It's that reminder and all things like we must doctor ourselves first. Yes. I just so appreciating hearing about your journey. I know that you have just a breadth of knowledge and experience and, and I'm a DO by training. So I kind of like some of these off the cuff things. I'm not going to lie. So you're going to have to tell us more or actually a great thing would be people to visit your website Wonderful. to see what you're doing with all of that. Talk a little bit about uh, what you have going on at your website and some of the cool gifts that people can actually get into today yes. and access? Well, first of all, I invite you to come check out my website. In, it's awakenchrysalis.com. And you will find two gifts there, two downloadable gifts. One is the five awakened chrysalis questions that really go deeply into uh, inviting you to really connect with what matters for you. And the other gift is the circle of wholeness, which helps us, helps you mainly understand how your balance is body, mind, and spirit. And then the third gift is actually a gift that you, after working on those first two gifts, the five questions and the circle of wholeness, if that stirs you up or if that resonates with you, then email me at info at awakenchrysalis.com for a third gift, which is a meditation, a video meditation that has worked for my clients for a long, long time and really served them in great ways. And I would be very happy to share that with you. Well, I just so appreciate it. You know, I think that so much in our world, people are always like expecting like repayment. And I just appreciate you coming on here and just giving freely of what you've got and your gift. They sound like excellent resources. I can't wait to dive into them. I'm always looking for like a good PDF worksheet. I am such a worksheet nerd. <laughs> Wonderful. So. And, and I must also say that once one has gone through at least one chrysalis session with me, and um, then I invite the physicians, we have a Chrysalis Resilience for Physicians Gathering Monthly. 
which is free. Cool. Yes. So let's, you know, I just invite you to come check me out on my website first and see if those questions resonate and awaken something in you, then connect with me. Then if that floats your boat, then we can really engage in more meaningful ways. Well, Dr. Tony, it is just so great to get you here on the podcast to network with a fellow badass family medicine doc to just sit in your presence and just I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of, of just so much wisdom. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and not only calling you colleague, but friend. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. Just great pleasure. And I am looking forward to more meaningful conversations and connections with you and your people. All right. Wasn't that a great conversation? I'm so intrigued to hear about more with what Dr. Tony's doing. She's a little off the cuff, a little zingy. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. Probably going to sign up for one of her calls because, hey, this can't kill me, right? It's no worse than what traditional medicine can do to us. Well, what I want to talk about today in our kick of encouragement is that last 24 that I talked about. So I am taking a summer mastermind class. It's a coaching class. It's called Summer of Yes. And it's all about tapping into those things that we have been saying no to and looking at it, understanding why, and then opening up to saying yes. And so this week was all about saying yes to unplugging. Well, I don't know about you, but there is a lot of pressure that I feel like to be on technology and social media and email, EMR, all of those things. There's a bunch of FOMO that comes up around it. There's a bunch of fear and like, oh my God, if I'm not checking things, if I'm not doing things and I'm falling behind, all that junk. So anyway, it was a great conversation. And the question of the last 24 came in because if we really think about it, If you knew that you had 24 hours to live, what would you do with your time and make a list and call it my final 24 or my last 24 or whatever you want to, something 24. And nowhere on it would I say that I would sit on there and scroll. Now I might get on there and like say goodbye to a few people. I may leave my like final rants. That's for sure. But a majority, and here's my list, like I mentioned, squeeze my kids, husband, family, and friends, go to the ocean, and have amazing food. That's my absolute favorites. And I I really did tear up during class time as I was sitting there and thinking about it, because instantly what popped into my head is, why am I not doing more of those things now? Why am I killing time in front of the computer? Like the other day, my four-year-old, she was like, mommy, 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 come look at me. Mommy, mommy, stop looking at your computer. Mommy, mommy. And it kicked me in the gut. Like, yeah, if we totaled up. So here's a for instance. Say you're on social media email like a measly two hours a day. You all know that we are like in front of computers a whole bunch more. So take two hours per day. Multiply that times, I don't know, at least five days, maybe even seven days a week. Multiply that times 52 weeks in a year. 
And let's just assume like we've been doing it for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now. And we're going to keep doing at the same pace for like the next 30 years. So that's like 50 years. Multiply, multiply all of that. And that tells you how many hours you will dedicate over the, that 50 year span. I did it. I put a measly three hours in and guess how much I got? 54,600 hours. And I sat with that number and I was like, that is not acceptable at all. Like if I convert that into year, I think there's like 8,000 some odd hours in a year. Like that's a lot. Cumulatively, that is like six years that I will have spent if I'm just only doing three hours a day. And I know I do a lot more than that. So like doing the math, I think is so critical because we're analytical people and like the numbers, they don't really lie that you spend three hours a day on social media and email that's going to accumulate to six hours gone. That was six years gone that was dedicated to it. And so I just want to encourage you and say, it's not wrong. Like if, if I was okay with that number, then it wouldn't be anything wrong with it. I'm not okay with it. And I knew that my total is probably a little bit higher. But if here's the, the question I really want to ask out of this is if you could reclaim all the time, what would you be doing with it? And I think that's what the list that I generated out of that. That's what I'm going to start focusing on more going outside more, getting to the ocean, having times with my kids having appropriate social distance time with friends, (laughs) building relationships in different ways, eating great food. That's my list. And so that's what I feel like is my direction. So try it. Try this exercise with the, the last 24. Calculate your numbers. Sit with it. See how it makes you feel. And then what would you do if you could reclaim all that time back? And this is your list for moving forward. Well, friends, I just want to tell you, it is always an honor to get on this podcast, to have you download this. If in some way this is helping you, I am so glad. I'm so excited to have you as a listener. If you need more, check out the show notes. There's a bunch of ways that you can get in touch with me. You can join the Patreon group. We got the course that's going right now. Of course, always discovery calls, emails, Instagram, all the fun things. You can't go wrong. And just remember, Your life, your calling, your...